I feel like in our culture, waiting gets a bad rap. A study in 2022 explored how consumers feel about waiting, and in particular, waiting in line. The study determined that waiting in line is a timeless form of torture. And in fact, in the U.S. alone, Americans in total spend roughly 37 billion hours each year waiting in line. You know what? Maybe I changed my mind. Maybe waiting doesn't get, maybe waiting should get the bad rap that it deserves. But in all seriousness, though, either you love it or you hate it. There is rarely an in-between. Ask a child if they are excited for Christmas or their birthday, and more than likely, they will tell you that they can't wait. There is so much joy, love, and hope in their heart. But as we grow up, though, we become awakened to the reality of pain and suffering. We no longer have the privilege of childish dreams of sugar plums dancing in our heads. Life is hard, waiting even harder. Last week, Pastor Lane challenged us to sit in silence with the questions of what is hard in our lives. What do we feel defeated by? Where are we lacking hope? Advent is this beautiful season within the church calendar where we are given permission to sit, to be still, and feel the hard. Advent is a time marked by waiting. The people of Israel were waiting for their Messiah. You too today may be waiting for your Messiah, your Savior, to show up in the hard things of your life. The world at Christmas, though, is the complete opposite. There are lights and music and happy, merry everything. There are parties and gatherings where everyone seems to have it all together. And there are Christmas movies that always, always end right. It's challenging, right, to experience Advent, to sit and be still, to wait, when that is what is happening in our culture around us. But multiple things can be true at the same time, right? We can be laughing while in deep grief. We can feel lucky to care give for someone we love and exhausted by it. We can be hopeful for what's to come and terrified of what it might mean. We can feel excited about our changing families and full of dread of what we might miss. We can enjoy all that Christmas brings, including all those movies that always end right. And we can sit in the waiting. There's no other person in the Christmas story that was able to feel multiple things at the same time than Mary. So we're going to read uh, the first part of Mary's story in Luke chapter 1, 26 to 37. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was, a, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Amen. Mary was filled with fear, confusion, and worry, and honestly, I don't blame her one bit. Suddenly, she found herself pregnant and unwed, a cultural no-no at the time. Her fiancé, Joseph, would have every reason to break it off as soon as he knew the truth, leaving her futureless and disgraced. Can you imagine the thoughts in Mary's head? We have all been there when we get life-altering news. I don't understand. How can this be? This can't be happening. What am I going to do? Fear, worry, confusion. They all filled her mind and they dominated her heart. God, what are you doing? For us, we might even ask, where are you, God? Rarely when we receive life-altering news does it get resolved right away. Most of the time we have to wait. And most of the time we wait in fear, worry, confusion. In fact, it might feel like that is now where we live. Henry Nouwen, a spiritual writer and thinker, shared a concept in many of his books that I would like to share with you this morning. He suggests that the invitation to communion with God and others requires that we move from the house of fear to the house of love. Both fear and love are less like simple emotions and more like places where we choose to take up residence. Now when it said this, fear has become an obvious dwelling place an acceptable basis on which to make our decisions and plan our lives. When we get life-altering news, when you are then forced to wait, when you think about the hard things in your life, do you go to the house of fear or do you go to the house of love? I don't know about you, but most of the time, I tend to reside in fear when bad things happen. I want to take control, make a plan, figure it out. I want to answer every what-if question that I ask. And I quickly find myself being dominated by fear, by anxiety. Fear causes even more fear, and we cannot reason our way out of it. And if God is silent in the waiting... That often invites doubt, uncertainty, 
and thoughts of his displeasure with me, with us. So what do we do? How do we move from the house of fear to the house of love? A few weeks ago in kids' ministry, uh, our elementary students during the 11 o'clock hour did a worry-wide activity. It was powerful, and I felt led to do it with all of you this morning. So I want you to get out your piece of paper. If you didn't grab one, and you don't need it, but if you didn't grab one, you can, um, along the corners here of the room is a basket with paper in it. But I want you to get it out, and you can just hold it for right now. In a minute, but not yet, I'm going to give you a moment of silence to think about the hard things in your life right now. The life-altering news maybe you just received. After our time of silence, I'm going to bring us back together. Friends, think about the hard things in your life right now. What are you waiting for? What fears or worries does that bring to the surface? We're going to take a moment of silence to think about those things. Now that we have those things in the forefront of our minds, I want you to take your piece of paper and I want you to scrunch it up into a ball like this. This represents what you are waiting for, what you are worried about. You can now just kind of put it off to the side or you can hold it, you can fidget with it if you want to. I'm a kid's pastor. Uh, we'll use it again in a little bit. For Mary, she was worried that Joseph would leave her and that her life would never be the same again. Shame would come upon her and her family. And yet Mary made a choice. She decided that she was not going to wait in the house of fear. There had to be another path. So we're going to read Luke 1, 38 to 56. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Friends, Mary moved to the house of love. Did it change her circumstance? No, it did not. Did she get to stop waiting? No, she did not. The fear was still there. The worry was still there. The confusion was still there. What changed was Mary's view of God, the place where she resided. The house of love is not simply a place in the afterlife, a place in heaven beyond this world. God offers us this house right in the midst of our own anxious thoughts. Mary was able to praise and glorify God because she chose to believe in his goodness and his faithfulness and his plan for her life. She chose to trust him in the midst of her waiting, in the midst of her fear. She embraced that some things are out of her control and lets everything rest on a goodness far beyond herself. Mary also didn't stay isolated. The scripture tells us that she actually hurried off. She just didn't go. She hurried off to see Zachariah and Elizabeth. When we are waiting, when the fear begins to dominate, we tend to just stay there. We don't share the news with others. We don't want to make a big fuss about it. Maybe we don't even share with friends and family because they have too much going on already that we don't want to overwhelm their plates. Mary didn't believe those lies. She needed someone to help her, someone that understood, someone who would simply be with her. Elizabeth, her relative, was that person. The angel had told Mary that Elizabeth, who was unable to conceive, was in her sixth month. If anyone could understand it, it was going to be Elizabeth. So Mary hurried off. Mary was looking for an explanation. She was looking for understanding. She maybe was even looking for love. And when Mary greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth's reaction was unlike anything Mary was expecting. Elizabeth's response is anything but quiet and reserved. Our passage, 
passage mentions her loudness, in fact. You know what it's like when someone greets you unexpectedly. Maybe you haven't seen them for a long time, right? It's loud. It's exciting. I see Elizabeth embracing Mary in that very same way, almost shrieking for joy. But her greeting is more than loud. It is spiritual and spirit-filled. Elizabeth blesses Mary and the child which she is carrying. Elizabeth goes on to commend Mary and says in verse 45, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Basically, what Elizabeth was saying is, Mary, you know that God will be with you, is with you. And because of those words, that blessing, Mary found what she needed and so much more. She was safe. She was accepted. She was loved. And not just by Elizabeth. Remember, the Holy Spirit was speaking through Elizabeth It was God himself saying to Mary, I will be with you. I love you. The house of love is the house of Christ. The place where we can think, speak, and act in the way of God, not in a fear-filled world. From this house, this voice of love keeps calling out to us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I want to say again, Mary's circumstance did not change. Mary's waiting did not just magically disappear. What changed was that Mary was no longer dominated by her fear, but by love, God's love for her. She was in the house of love. This shift of resonance for her allowed her to praise God with the most beautiful song we have in all of scripture. Mary was able to praise God because even if Joseph decided to break it off with her, he didn't by the way, but even if he did, she believed in the promise of God's presence to be with her. And for Mary, that was enough. That was enough. Friends, that is our good news as well. When fear comes our way in the waiting, it can be overcome with the love of Christ residing within us, residing within others. My prayer is that no matter the hard things we are going through, may the promise of God's presence be enough. May it be enough. So I want you to get your paper ball out again. And this time, I want you to fold your hands like you're praying, but I want you to put your your ball inside. And we're going to have another moment of silence. But this time, I want you to imagine Jesus is holding your hand and carrying your worry with you, that he is with you in the waiting. I encourage you to pray and talk with Jesus You could tell him that you trust him in the waiting, that you love him, that you know he is with you. Maybe you aren't ready for that yet. It's okay. Ask God the questions you have. God, why am I still waiting? 
Why do bad things keep happening? Where are you? I don't feel you. I can't see you in the waiting. Trust me, God would love to hear those questions. There's going to be no right or wrong response in this moment. The time is yours to commune with God. I want you now to take your ball and I want you to smooth it out as best you can. And with your pen, I want you to write, God is with me. I want you to write, God is with me. So this paper had all of our our things we're waiting for, the things we're worried about, the things we're fearful for. And so it doesn't look perfect anymore right? Because sometimes in our waiting, our circumstances don't change. But God is with us. So I want you to write, God is with me, God is with us, whatever form of that you want to put on there. And friends, that is our good news. This is the hope in the midst of waiting, in the midst of fear. God is with you. God is with me. God is with everyone. Mary believed multiple things at the same time. She was filled with joy that God would choose her to carry his son and fearful of what Joseph, what others might think. Both of these things are true. Both are very real. But rather than stay in the house of love, or staying in the house of fear, being dominated by worry, she chose a different path. She chose the house of love. She chose to believe that God would be with her, is with her. As a staff, we ask people within our congregation to write testimonies of the waiting they are experiencing. I want to read a few of you, read a few of these for you this morning. From someone in need of physical healing. Oh God, were the first words I spoke when my waiting for healing journey began. And the following days I experienced frustration, impatience, discouragement, and fear, not knowing what the future held for me. When I woke up in the morning, I would be reminded of my inconvenience and all throughout the day. At night, I would wonder if this would be the night I would receive my healing. As I still wait for healing, lyrics of songs, verses from the Bible, and the prayers and concerns of friends give me encouragement and hope that the healing will come. 
Now my prayer is expanded to, oh God, how long? From someone in deep grief. The darkness I'm waiting to be illuminated would be to see the return of joy and hope in my life and my family's lives. Every day can be a struggle, but holidays are the hardest struggle. Within the past five years, I've become a widow, lost my only sister, put our dog down of 13 years, moved to a different house, and my son graduated from high school, who is now less dependent on me. These were and are hard life-changing situations to deal with, and all within such a close time frame. Since this time, I feel a lot of different emotions. Sometimes it's intense fear and anxiety that something else traumatic will happen. Sometimes it's hopelessness, not knowing where I fit in anymore. Loneliness is something I also struggle with daily. It's challenging trying to start over and venture into new territories. I've been able to see God's blessings in so many small, indiscreet ways that I feel guilty for not appreciating these more. I truly believe that God has to have a really good plan in store for my life. Until that time, I wait. From someone experiencing heartache. When a mother gives birth to a child, she doesn't live life with the expectation of losing them. My darkness is experiencing life without two of my children, one whom I miss terribly but have the comfort of knowing is with Christ, and the other who suddenly cut me out of their life. The pain seems unbearable at times, and the anxiety of holidays or special days not being normal and missing my grandchildren can leave me fearful that God won't answer my prayers for reconciliation and restoration because of the human will. This is when I have to lean into Christ's love for me with thankfulness that he is there, even though the pain may remain. Friends, that is my prayer for you, my prayer for me. When the waiting is overwhelming and fear comes that God won't answer our prayers, may we move to the house of love, knowing trusting and believing that he is there. The pain may remain, yes, but God is with us. God with us on the beautiful days and the impossible ones. God with us as we celebrate and as we mourn. God with us as we make infinite choices or have very little choice at all. God with us when we have no other choice but to keep going to keep waiting. Multiple things can be true at the same time, right? This is the beauty of Advent. The waiting of Advent is one marked by hope. It's not a wish list to Santa Claus kind of hope. Advent hope is gritty. It is courage. It is resolve. It is hope in the face of impossibilities. Friends, Mary displayed gritty Advent hope. May it be from this place, this house of love, that we too, regardless of what we are waiting for, regardless of what we are afraid of, 
that we can join with Mary and proclaim, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Because there is no place that we can go that God has not already been. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this room, we all thought of the things that we are waiting for, the things that we are afraid of. Maybe we even experienced or felt the fear and worry and confusion within our hearts. God, my prayer today is that we wouldn't stay in that place, but God, that we would move from this, that house of fear to this house of love. Yes, our circumstance may not change. The pain may still remain. But God, we have the promise of knowing that you are going to be with us. You are with us. And God, may it be then from that place that we can then praise you. Not necessarily for our circumstance because it's hard and it's painful. But God, may we praise you because of the promise that you are going to be with us, are with us. So God, as we sing these last couple of worship songs, may we sing it from a place of gratitude, from a place of knowing that you love us and that you are with us. God, may we sing like Mary that our soul would magnify you. In Jesus' name. Amen.